0: Love talk Radio.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Mike Sappho Podcast. As I'm sitting here in my studio apartment in New York City, I'm literally planning my next vacation and texting my two buddies. So I figured, why not talk some travel with one of the, with one of the most respected and traveled people in the world, author of one of the best travel blogs out there, it's one of my favorite sites, my buddy, Gary Arndt. What's going on, Gary?
0: Uh, not much. Just hanging out here in Minneapolis and uh, enjoying the evening.
1: Nice to virtually meet you, my friends.
0: Yeah, same here.
1: Uh, Minnesota, are you a Vikings fan?
0: Nope. Hate the Vikings.
1: Uh, grew up in Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm part owner of the Packers. <laughs> you got a big game uh, tomorrow against the Seahawks. Yep. Let me and, uh, we're going to win. Gary. Yeah, yeah. What? I'm a, and you beat you beat my Giants last year, so I'm not the biggest Packer fan in the world. So. Yeah, but they took us out of the playoffs a couple times. So.
0: Even that year, yeah, we were I, 15 that, and
1: one. So. Yes, and also that freezing game in Lambeau when we missed uh, two field goals and we won it. Brett Favre's overtime game that was a huge win. We went on to win the Super Bowl that year.
0: Yeah, I think that was his last throw as a Packer or something was an yeah. interception, <laughs> which is appropriate. Hey, let,
1: yeah. You and I, both big travelers, does sports get in, uh, interfere ever with your travels? Uh, sometimes. It,
0: it's not usually uh, something I'll go out of my way to do or see, but occasionally I will. Uh, I got to go to the finals of the Rugby World Cup in 2011, which I felt was kind of wasted on me because I'm not that big of a rugby fan. Um, okay. <laughs> but that, was, that was really fun. I got to see New Zealand win, and then people in New Zealand, that, that's all they care about. It's one team, one sport. It's just the all blacks in rugby. That's it. So it was nice to see them win because they had been, you know, disappointed a lot. Um, I've learned enough to follow a cricket match to know what's going on, but not enough maybe to like talk intelligently about it. Um, Yeah. And and I always keep up with, you know, my teams uh, with what's happening in the U.S.,
1: now, I know we had to do the podcast today or tomorrow. Where are you off to Monday?
0: Oh, well, I was going to go to Norway tomorrow, but okay. that got postponed. So now I'm not going to Norway tomorrow. I'm going to Norway in like a week.
1: And I'm going stop in Iceland hey, I on the way. Oh, I, go there. two awesome countries. Now, I want to get right into it. I know you told your story a thousand times, but the one generic question, for those of you, those of the people who aren't familiar with you, in 2007, you decided to do what?
0: <laughs> well, the decision came earlier. That was in, like, 2005. But basically, I had um, an Internet company that I started in the 90s, and I sold it in 98 before everything hit the fan and started a couple other companies. Uh, I ended up going back to school. I studied geology for three years. Um, at this point, I was kind of in my, my mid-late 30s, and I didn't really know what to do. <laughs> and I thought about going to get a Ph.D., uh, and I really discovered that I liked learning, but I hated academia. So I just didn't know what to do, and I uh, came up with this idea that I'd sell my house and travel around the world for a year. And so I had to, it took me a while to sell the house, tie up loose ends. In 2007, sold the house and uh, set out – and that year around the world has kind of turned into 10 and <laughs> just kind of never
1: ended. Yeah, you don't even have a home base, I was
0: reading, right? Now I do. Um, I live, I got a place in Minneapolis now. Uh, after nine years on the road, I got kind of burned <laughs> out. Living in hotel rooms and stuff all the time. So I, I got a place. Um, it allows me to get work done. I can edit photos on a proper computer, on a big monitor, instead of doing it on a laptop, you know, cross-legged in a hotel room with crappy Wi-Fi. Um, I even went out of my way to pick an apartment building that had fiber, so I have a gigabit internet connection. <laughs> I'm, like, one of the fastest residential internet <laughs> connections in the world.
1: <laughs> now so your I solved site that problem with e- a <laughs> Your blog, your site, everythingeverywhere.com, it's flat-out everything incredible. Everything-everywhere. everything dash everywhere. Dot com. Right. And, like, yeah, you if you don't put in the Jordan. dash, uh, there was mm-hmm. a yeah, British
0: yeah. phone <laughs> company that, that took the name. So, listen, <laughs> I used it for a couple of years, but there's nothing I could do about it because they're like a multi-billion dollar company. They're in the UK and in a different industry. So. And but I'm anyways. pretty
1: sure you, yeah, your site does well enough. Everybody knows to put that little dash in there, so you're yeah. doing well. Now, Gary, you're jaw-dropping pictures I know you're, you won Photographer of the Year, all these different accolades. When you started traveling, just say in 07, I guess you could say full-time, was, traveling, uh, was phot- uh, photography a big part of that right away, or did you ease into that? No, I knew nothing about photography when I started.
0: Absolutely nothing.
1: <laughs>
0: I bought a camera that was uh, way over my head, and I didn't know how to use it. And I took a lot of bad photos, really bad photos. And the only thing I had going for me is the fact that I knew they were bad. Like, I was looking at them, and I was like, this, this is not what's in National Geographic. This is, this is pretty horrible. So I basically kind of started a process of, like, okay, how can I make these suck less? And it's just kind of, from there, been a journey of just trying to continually suck
1: less. Now, let me ask you this. Did you know, like, you're taking photos, they're sucking less, like you said, and then did you think, okay, if I take better pictures, maybe my site will get more hits, or maybe I'll be not more respected. That's not the right word to say. Maybe I'll be taken more seriously with better pictures. Is that, did that go into it, or you just want to travel the world?
0: Yeah, so I was about nine months into traveling, and I had a website, and I could probably have told you the names of all the people that read my website, because it was just people I knew. <laughs> uh, not, a, not a lot. And I was... You know, I have a business background and I was like nine months into my trip and I was in Hong Kong and I kind of had this come to Jesus moment where I realized that this is kind of a waste of my time with what I'm doing. For example, I used to have a business. We did a, we had a network of video game websites and we would do across the network, like 50 million pages a month. So I had an idea of what real traffic was and I was not doing anything close to that. So I realized I should either quit wasting my time with this website or I should start thinking if I could make something of this. And back in 2007, nobody was really making anything off a travel website like this. So what I did in Hong Kong is I went to a newsstand and I bought every travel magazine and I kind of just opened up a spreadsheet and I started, you know, paying attention to like, you know, how many destinations do they mention in each issue? How many pages have photos? What, you know, just stuff like that. And one of the things I realized was photos are extremely important and they mention a lot of places in each issue. Like over 30 countries are mentioned editorially in each issue of a major travel magazine, and people are not going to that many countries in a month, let alone a year, or even a lifetime for a lot of people. So they're not buying these magazines for travel planning necessarily. What I realized, it was basically pornography, travel pornography. Um, You're watching people do things that you would like to do um, in places you would like to go. And I realized the importance of the visual element that a lot of people would get these magazines and they would sit on their coffee table, but they wouldn't necessarily read them. They would page through them, kind of like Architectural Digest or some of these magazines that people get, but, you know, they're not an architect. They just do it to impress people. And I realized the importance of photography. So I kind of doubled down on that and uh, it sort of paid off.
1: Yeah, I would think so. Now, when you go to a country, um, just say you're going to go to, we'll use Paris as an example, do you get anxiety of it? Like, I need to get the perfect shot of the Eiffel Tower, perfect shot of this. Is that ever on your mind?
0: No, especially for something like the Eiffel Tower. Because the Eiffel Tower has been, there's nothing original you can really do with the Eiffel Tower. Not a whole lot. Because it's been, every day, there's a million photos taken of it. I don't even think I'm exaggerating using that number. Um, So you're not going to do anything too clever. Um, I actually ended up – I did a a shoot there a couple years ago that it was a really overcast day or or night. So I went there at night, and it was really overcast, and we had this really blue hue in the sky. And we were able to do some creative things. I don't know how unique it was, but it was a little different take on it. But, um, no, I'm not usually too worried because what you – See an experience sometimes just happens. You can go to your way to get certain things like a, a mountain or a building or a cityscape or something and, and plan that out. But a lot of things are just spontaneous.
1: You just happen to be there. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, a lot of times I'll go to a place and I'm like, okay, I need to get the best picture. I get up like four in the morning just to get the one picture that, sadly. Like you just said, a million other people have the same exact picture. Why am I getting up at four? I think the coolest picture is seeing like, a local on something. Like, on your site, you have the fame, like, you'll have normal pictures, but then you'll have, like, is that a picture of like a monk with his cell phone? Like, you have these awesome pictures. Like, yeah, I'm, I love your site. I just started going to it the past couple of months, and I'm like addicted to it.
0: Yeah, I took that in Ethiopia, and that was literally an Ethiopian Coptic priest, you saying his prayers, and uh, he got a phone call. <laughs> so he's walking out, and I turned around, and I got him, uh, you know, with his cell phone and his prayer book, uh, walking out. And a lot of people don't know he has a phone in his hand until they look close at it because they think he's looking at his prayer book, but it's really his phone.
1: Now, I'm good friends with Lee Abamonte. I've had Henrik Epperson on a bunch of times. I love talking travel. And Lee went from, like, a backpacker to now, you know, he's sponsored, more luxurious. What kind of traveler are you? Backpacker, um, luxury...
0: No, I, I, I don't. I mean, if someone else is going to pay for it, I'm happy to stay at a luxury hotel, but I, I'm very hesitant to ever pay for that myself because I would rather spend two nights at something that's a little less and stay two nights in the city rather than one. And most of what you get at a luxury place, I don't really care about, you know, as long as there's a bed and hot water and Internet, I, I, that, that's all I need. So I'd rather spend
1: it on other stuff. At what point did you start? I know you mentioned, okay, I'm getting more traffic. What part of your journey were you like, holy shit, I can make some money off this?
0: It was several years later. Um, My basic plan was the travel industry is very large. All of the newspapers and magazines will die. And that is happening, although it's kind Mm -hmm. of slowly happening. Uh, and if you have an audience, then eventually the money will come to you. And that's so you kind of happened. happened.
1: Yeah, I love the fact that you didn't go out there. And like I said, guys like Lee and Henrik, I'm not going out there to make money. I yeah. want to travel. And holy shit, this happened. Now I'm going to ride this wave, which is pretty awesome, to basically get paid to travel. And you're doing something you're, you're addicted to. Was there a country that like sold you like when you started traveling early, like, holy shit, I want to do this forever?
0: Oh, I think very early on. So I started, there's a kind of a route a lot of people take if they're around the world.
1: Gary, you still there? I think we might have lost Gary. Yeah, the call with Gary dropped. I'm assuming you will call right back go to his website as a way for him to call back, everything-everywhere.com. And it's set up so easy. You'll type in Europe, or there's a picture of Europe, and you click it, and there's 20, 30, 40, 50 countries. You click on Spain, you go to Barcelona, you go to Madrid, anywhere he was gone. And you can actually buy photos from his site also. And I want to get to him when he calls back in. We've had Leon, like I said, a bunch of times, as I keep plugging his site, and the thing is always chasing 193, chasing 193 countries, and I know on one of his things, he said he was at like 180-something, but I'm not sure if he was going by the UN number or the most traveled people person site, so we're going to find out when he calls back, and here he is now. Gary, what's up with this internet you were talking so highly of? (laughs) I
0: don't know. I think it's on your end.
1: No, no, no. My, my Wi Fi is solid over here. <laughs> um, Gary, I was just actually talking about how many countries have you been to? Because there's people who just count countries and they either go with most traveled people or they'll go with uh, 193. Because one of your sites said you were at like 180 something.
0: Yeah, that's the Traveler Century Club. So they have 326 locations. And, <clears throat> you know, the, it, it actually isn't a cut and dry thing. Like how many countries are there? Because Mm -hmm. yeah, there's 193 countries in the UN, but uh, for all practical purposes, Taiwan, Kosovo, Palestine are pretty much, you know, independent countries that are recognized by at least a few or a lot of countries. You have the Vatican city, which is not part of the UN. And then you get into other places like Greenland, which is not independent, but, you know, it's not Denmark or if you say I'm going to France, you're talking about the place in Europe, not French Guiana in South America, Mm -hmm. which is technically part of France. It's part of France the same way Hawaii is part of the U S so, but it's a different place. So you get into all these different divisions and there's all sorts of messy distinctions. Then you get some places that are de facto independent like Somaliland, Abkhazia, South Ossetia, but no one recognizes them, but they have their own government and they kind of run their own show. So
1: how about, you know, what? I there's was a what lot of say. little exceptions. Any countries that you haven't been to yet that would surprise me? Like, I, I didn't see much in South America.
0: Uh, there's a lot of countries. I've been to a lot of weird countries. And then I've, there's some okay. countries that are obvious ones I have not been to. I haven't been to Russia. I haven't been uh-huh. to mainland China. I haven't been to Jamaica um, there are two countries in the Caribbean I haven't been to, Cuba and Jamaica. I've been to everything else. Um,
1: I actually, I been actually to Peru. Cuba like three weeks ago, yeah.
0: <clears throat> haven't been to Brazil yet, although I may go to Brazil next month, um, at least briefly. because so I'll be photographing at Guazu Falls, and I'll probably go over to the Brazilian side. So, yeah, there's a lot mm. of, um, you know, kind of low-hanging fruit that's still out
1: there yet. <laughs> uh, 2 parts question. One, do you have any desire to visit all the countries, or that, that doesn't – drive you really
0: it's not if if that's my driving goal i would have done it a long time ago i could have okay it. i mean i've been within like a hundred yards of china and i just <laughs> didn't bother to go um i've been very you know i could have gone to saudi arabia easily on like a layover at least or, or something um i didn't bother to do it
1: maybe one day Yeah, how do you pick your places? Because I'll be, like, I'll go, like, right now we're thinking about going to Munich for Oktoberfest. Whatever the cheapest flight is, I'll jump on and go to countries around there. What makes you pick? Like, oh, I might go to Brazil. Is it just photography?
0: Photography is really the driving thing because that's kind of my business now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the other thing is I like to uh, visit World Heritage Sites. So, you know, most countries are pretty big. You know, There's a couple tiny ones, but uh, even a place like Germany, you know, there's a big difference between some of the different states. So I'm always looking to go someplace new, but the place mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a country. It could be a different part. So I've been to Scotland, but I've only been to Edinburgh and Glasgow. So I would love to go to the north of Scotland or to the Orkney Islands or something like that. Um, and that would be returning to Scotland, but it would be doing a completely different thing.
1: Do you prefer to travel alone or with people?
0: Uh, it's easier to do it by yourself. Because you, with not, another you, never, person, you never
1: scatter anything or anything, right?
0: No. Yeah. No, not after doing this 10 years. I, you could drop me mm-hmm. in the middle of Syria, probably, and I'd find a way to get by. <laughs> um,
1: you know, you I'll, I'll be on
0: a alone. tour sometimes. Yeah. I'll, be, yeah, I'll be on a tour sometimes, or occasionally I've traveled with other people. Uh, but then it's a matter of, you know, what do you want to do? What do they want to do? And, uh, the nice part of doing it by yourself is you don't have to compromise. You can just do what
1: you want. I was on your site and I think the coolest thing that I read, there was three things that really stuck out. How do you have the first national geographic issue? how did you get a hold of that?
0: I bought it on eBay, like 17 years ago.
1: And it <clears throat> was legit, a... not a reissue. It's the original.
0: Yeah. 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 It's. Yeah, it's I have a you know it's authenticated and everything, and it's sitting in a safe. But um, yeah, the issue one is not as rare as issue two. Actually, issue two is a lot rarer. I've never seen that for sale.
1: Oh, really? And okay, two things that he did that was I think the coolest shit. Describe because you you only said it. I don't know if you, if there's a picture of it. You were launched from a nuclear aircraft.
0: Oh yeah, so a couple years ago. I was invited by the Navy and they do these uh, things for VIPs and media and I got to land and stay overnight actually on the uh, USS Harry S Truman. So they were doing uh, flight training and maneuvers off the coast of North Carolina. So uh, we went on a was a Greyhound A2 which is a cargo plane designed for carrier landings. So uh, we did the landing with the tail hook and everything. Stayed there overnight, got to uh, be on the deck while they were launching jets. I got to take pictures of that, which was really, really fun. Because there's so few places in the world where you can viscerally feel the power of a jet engine. And when you're like 20, 30 feet away from it, um, it's something. I mean, you have to wear several layers of ear protection. Um, And just seeing how everything works on an aircraft carrier. Everyone has a job. Everyone has, you know, their own responsibilities, and it all just works and there should be people dying all the time you know you have these very these jets filled with bombs and fuel <laughs> landing on a floating airstrip and it all works because they all know their jobs and stuff gets done and you know we even got to go to the bridge of the ship and the thing they told me beforehand was ask the age of the guy whose hand is on the steering wheel right this is like a four billion dollar ship, and the guy who's actually driving it, like who's physically his hand is on the wheel, is 18. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: now that, now that, and you know what? I have like this little fascination with like South Pacific islands, and my I've been to the Philippines out there, but my girlfriend and I we're gonna go to Australia, New Zealand. I'm gonna hit Guam, and you talked about Micronesia a few times. Uh, I have a good friend who is from Yap, and I've always had, like, a little fascination with it. So you talked about Micronesia. Talk to me about that and how you swam to jellyfish in Palua, because I always hear that's one of the coolest things you can ever do in life. It is. Uh, so in Palau, uh, and so Micronesia refers both to
0: the country, the Federated States of Micronesia, and then of which Yap, as you mentioned, is part of it. And then it's also a region which includes – the country of Micronesia, as well as Palau and the Marshall Islands. And Guam is kind of, it's usually not considered part of it, but it's next to it. Uh, That's probably the easiest way to get there. Um,
1: Exactly. exactly. It's
0: a very, they they don't get a lot of tourists. They get very few. But it's really easy to visit because they speak English. They use the U.S. dollar. They use the U.S. postal system, in fact. Uh, They have their own zip codes and state codes. Um, And Palau So Palau is like Maybe 20,000 people Maybe a little under Seat in the United Nations And they have these islands that are limestone islands And there's depressions in them And those are filled up with seawater From cracks through the rock And jellyfish have gotten in there And the jellyfish have evolved away their stingers basically So you can Totally safe to swim with Um, I grew up in the Midwest So I didn't know any better so I just jumped in the water with the jellyfish. Whereas all these Australians <laughs> and stuff that were with me, they grew up being afraid of jellyfish. So they were all very afraid to go in. Whereas I looked like I was some stud driving, you know, you know diving in the water. But in reality, it was just stupidity because I didn't know any better. But they're totally safe. No. And there's tens of thousands of them floating all around you. And it, it's a surreal experience. And there's a couple other places in the world, I think in Indonesia that have lakes like that. Um, but it's one of the coolest things I've ever done.
1: Yeah, I'm dying to go out there. And you know what picture I loved? And I hate to just keep talking about your photos, but the South Georgia Islands, that penguin picture—it was like a thousand penguins on there. That I think that's the, my favorite picture that you posted. That, that picture is incredible.
0: Oh, it, it, there's about a hundred thousand penguins when you land. It's one of uh, a lot of people want to go to Antarctica. And if you go to Antarctica, you will see penguins, but you won't see a lot of penguins because, quite frankly, there's just not a lot of land uh, for them to breed on and, you know, to, to give birth and stuff. So it's the islands that are north of Antarctica where you see most of the penguins. And South Georgia has one of the largest penguin breeding colonies in the world. So I, we landed, and this was 2013 in January, which is their summer. And you get off the boat and it's just as far as the, eye can see penguins, you know, just the whole landscape is penguins and it's loud and it smells because it's all penguin crap and dead birds and (laughs) they have no fear of humans. No, and they'll walk right up to you. They're curious and just check out what you're doing. And, um, one, again, one of the, one of the coolest things I've seen.
1: Just, I know this is like, I don't want to do the generic question thing. One overrated country, you think, and one underappreciated, overlooked country?
0: Uh, for overlooked countries, I would go with Oman. Um, okay, and why is that? I get people every so, <clears throat> every so often, I'll get people that go to, like, say, oh, I'm going to Dubai. What should, I, what should I do? And I say, day one, get on the hop-on, hop-off bus, go see the malls. Day two, leave and go to Oman. <laughs> Oman is closer to real Arabia, I mean, as much as you can in a modern-day sense. It's not overdeveloped like you're going to see in Dubai or Abu Dhabi. Um, You can get around really easy. The roads are great. Gas is cheap. Um, All the signs are in Arabic and English, so not a problem. Pretty much everyone speaks English as well. And uh, you can go out in the desert and drive and explore, and um, it's a really great place.
1: What passport as far as stamp,
0: over, you, Yeah yeah. Oh, uh overrated. I don't know. I think p I think certain cities and things can be overrated. I don't know about an entire country. Because there's yeah, always just... usually stuff that they may have that people just don't know about. And you just How need to it? go and find it. And sometimes it's it's going, you know, not that far away.
1: What is your favorite passport stamp to get? the one you're most proud of? Um,
0: at Port Lockroy in Antarctica, there's a British station there, and they have a uh, place where you can get your passport stamped Antarctica. So I have one and of that those, and then... On
1: it? Yeah,
0: yeah, but... <laughs> so, uh, Britain and Argentina don't really get along because of the Falkland Islands and the war and soccer and stuff. So... <laughs> When you sail to Antarctica, like most of the ships, like 90% of the, the visitors or more, go from Ushaya, Argentina to the Antarctic Peninsula and back. So when I arrived in Antarctica again, uh, they stamped right over the British Antarctica thing, which is kind of a <laughs> dick move, but.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: to be expected.
1: You're one of the first travel bloggers. Do you frequent any other travel sites for ideas or whatever reason, curiosity or for any other reason?
0: Oh, sure. Um, you know, uh, whenever I'm going somewhere, you'll do, I'll do a Google search on it at least and find out what comes up. Um, the biggest resource is I have a, a group I started on Facebook, and it's just a Facebook group of well-traveled people. we got close to 4,000 people in it now. And you can ask a question about pretty much anything, and somebody has been there before. And I have found getting that kind of feedback is one of the best things to do because you can just ask the question you want to have answered, and if they've been there, they can say, yeah, you know, go here or avoid this. It opens this time of day. Um, And getting that feedback from other travelers is usually one of the best things
1: I think you can do. Now, Gary, two questions. One, did you start your podcast up again? Because when I Googled you, I think a podcast link came back up. Did you start your own again?
0: I did. So what happened is I had a podcast with uh, CBS. They started a podcast network, and I didn't really feel that was working out, and so I stopped it, okay. and that was over a year ago. But I got all of the episodes back from them, and so we're in the middle right now. We should actually be done in a week. Uh, those The old episodes should all be up with a brand new intro and everything else, and I've started recording some new shows, so yeah, that's called The Global Travel Conspiracy, just an interview show where I, where I talk to the travel people I like, and then I'm starting a new podcast called The Everything Everywhere Podcast, which is not really going to be travel per se. Uh, it's not going to be an interview show. It'll be a, just a monologue show where I talk about different places and things, really more of a history show than anything else.
1: That's really cool. Now, for a guy like you who's done so much, is there one thing travel-wise you haven't done yet?
0: Oh, there's lots. You know, the, the more you travel and the more you meet people who travel, the more you discover stuff that you want to do. <laughs> so true. Right? Now, I'm guessing there's yeah, a lot of so people true, here right? that never – like, you never heard of Palau before. And you're like, where the hell's that? Mm. And so you are yeah. going to go look it up online. Uh, Or South Georgia Island. You didn't know what that was, or unless maybe you've heard of Ernest Shackleton or something, and you heard about it from that. Um, I'd love to do like the the Trans-Mongolian Railway, start in Mm -hmm. Saint Petersburg, and uh, go to Beijing or something. Um, I'd love to do like a a river cruise up the Amazon. Um, There are some really remote islands like Wrangell Island in Russia that I would love to go to. Different parts of Antarctica, I'd love to go back. So, yeah,
1: there's a lot of stuff I'd, I'd
0: really like to do.
1: You uh, you come to New York anytime soon or not even on the table? Uh, yeah, I'll be there for one night
0: next month. Well, it's uh, I'm on a layover from Ireland to Argentina. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be back. I speak at the New York Times Travel Show this year in January. Oh, nice. Well, listen, we're going to link up.
1: Um, thank you for coming on my show, man. I really, when Lee retweeted you a few months ago, I'm like, oh, let me know if Lee retweets travel guy. I'll check it out. And I'm telling you, your site really blew me away. I, I just loved it. I love the fact that it wasn't counting a country. I was in Malaysia for 10 minutes. Like, you really go in depth. You go to Germany. You've been to 30 places in there. I, I'm telling you, I can't speak highly enough for your, uh, your website. Your football team, not so much, but your website I love.
0: Okay. Hey. Count the
1: championships. (laughs) Gary, listen, I really appreciate it, man. Yes. And we're going to keep in touch, all right, my friend?
0: All right. Thanks a lot for having me.
1: Thank you so much, Gary. Have a great night, brother.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?